Welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse dipped in ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Amy Lipka, Mariel Brown-Fallon, and special guest Haley Dalian. Keep your accent strong and the fago close by, because you're going to need it. Let's get the show started. back everybody 10th uh 10th episode spectacular oh people are screaming upstairs <laughs> in our building right now i thought that was the they're excited for us 10 episodes <laughs> they are excited yeah we made it what i've been waiting all day to crack a cold one open with the boys <laughs> she's been sitting there with a can of lacroix for a it few is minutes a LaCroix, just like it's not hunkered a by her mic monday afternoons are for the boys it's very on brand to be drinking LaCroix also. And who are you? Who, yeah, are who are you? Who are you, stranger? <laughs> I am a new voice on the podcast. This is Haley Dalian, a hey. fellow co-worker and Midwesterner, obviously. An all-around yeah. great person. Yeah, so she is, uh, it, this is a very Midwest situation. She's just at the office waiting to go to her softball game. Is that a Midwest situation or is that just like a situation? It's an America <laughs> situation. Softball is a very Midwest game. It's very wholesome. Beer league softball. Beer league Beer softball league is very wholesome. Style. It honestly is incredible the way that people can just do hardcore open container here and nobody cares. That is, that is very That's like folks. That's not true. I have friends who have gotten in trouble for open container violations. Well, I've never seen a cop there. Just at softball, you're talking about. Oh, just at softball. So- no, oh, I'm talking. Yeah. That's what I'm talking oh, about. If anyone's listening outside of the Midwest, you can't just have open container anywhere you want. <laughs> no, but, but you can ma- at softball. But there's a magical place in Lansing, the softball park. I won't give its name in case. Behind the Taco Bell. Yeah, don't want them cracking. <laughs> don't want them cracking down, but. Uh, yeah, you kind of do what you want. So yeah, uh, Haley was uh, uh, waiting to go to practice, and she looked bored. And we bullied we're, her. We're sitting here. So here's how we get guests, you guys. <laughs> we don't plan ahead, and then we say who's yeah. still at work when we're doing this, and yeah. then we make them do it with us. Yeah, we bullied her into this. Mm-hmm. It's the spontaneity that matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it it's is. authenticity is the I word just, that the Democrats are trying authentic. to use these days. I just like that we didn't we didn't try to hide it. No. Haley yeah. was bored, so she's on our podcast. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, she won't be here for the whole episode, but I'm sure the parts that she'll be here for will be magical. Um, and I got to start it off, too, with uh, actually an apology in the last episode. Uh, so we had a segment where we were talking about this uh, sturgeon party, protecting these sturgeon, these giant fish in Michigan. Uh, a friend of mine who works in wildlife conservation uh, pointed out to me that we were a little harsh on the sturgeon fish, but because uh, so they're the po- ugly, uh, they're beautiful creatures. <laughs> okay, so it's <laughs> because we said so, so the official. No, well, we were just we were talking we were talking about them from a place of fear because they are the closest thing that we have to sharks. <laughs> All right, I have to <laughs> add that last year, last summer, I was in Chicago at Shed's Aquarium, and they had a sturgeon petting pool. So I actually pet. Many sturgeon. Did it eat you? Wow. No, they I were I knew you were on this smooth. podcast for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> We've had somebody who had personal experience with sturgeon. Okay, yeah, that is a that is a very different description of what you described last week, which was like total monster. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So first of all, I was the only person who had ever even heard of them. I had to and Google so then it on the you're, spot. You're looking them up and seeing these terrifying, like, like Aripaima looking, like murder fish, mm-hmm. but. Uh, no, they're a beautiful fish, and they're important to the 
ecosystem in Michigan. And official statement from Midwest Nice. And yeah. they Sturgeon help feed rich people with their caviar. Yeah, that's so a good thing too. They do feel like velvet. I will add that. There like is velvet. The hard shell underneath, but it's a velvety touch. And they were very docile, like your average koi pond goldfish. Or, you know, yeah, you're right. We, we do were need quick to, to issue judge. an apology. We were quick to judge, and <laughs> we're apologizing for it now. Um, and now we can all move on with our lives. Great. <laughs> all right. Uh, so first, um, it's a story. It's a. I don't know if I'd use the word good, but it's a. It's a pretty powerful local story that um, that just came about. Uh, so the article about it. Um, if you want to read it yourself, it was on vice.com, actually. I'm not always like a huge fan of their reporting, but this one was done pretty well. Uh, so the title of the article is How This Small Town in Trump Country Dumped Its Islamophobic President. So I'm going to have to sort of give like an extended explanation of what exactly happened. Ready. So there's this uh, village called Kalkowska, Michigan. It's a small town north. I've actually uh, camped there. I don't know if it was camping or if we uh, rented a cottage there or something when I was a kid. It's kind of a touristy town. It's got a rivers lakes things like that um and they had their their village president was this guy named jeff seating who started posting all of this crazy anti-muslim stuff on social media really violent things he was saying like uh, what does it say kill them all he compared islam to flesh-eating bacteria and suggested the nuclear annihilation of muslim majority cities this is really that seems illegal um, yeah, yeah um mm-hmm. and so yeah and was like talking smack about you know like the typical like like the liberal menace and stuff like that. Um, I think it's, I think the city's not too far away from Traverse city, which is a pretty liberal city. So there's like this rhetoric that's been happening there that, um, that, you know, there's a liberal problem or something like that. Um, so in response, there was a, you know, the, it's a very small town, but a group of residents got together and organized a rally called no hate in Kalkaska. Um, and asked for supporters to come there and they did a, a rally at their iconic trout fountain, which is, in the city square and so on june 23rd uh 100 people assembled which is crazy because the town only has 2,000 people total um holding signs saying you know like take on hate it was a a no hate rally and then obviously uh this uh asshole jeff seating had a bunch of his supporters there who were all like open carrying and there was like biker guys and they had people like open carry dudes like up on top of this hotel he owned sort of like perched like sniper like that's like to really be intimidating. terrifying well yeah which is it's really crazy because this is a really small town right and so they nobody ever expected um something like this to happen and then there was also like there was an anti-open carry group that's like a liberal leaning uh gun owners association called redneck revolt and so they were like counterbalancing open it was this really crazy situation like um, counter protesting, counter protesting. Yeah. So that happened and then we'll get into more of the details as this conversation goes on, but basically eventually the the town sort of rallied together and they uh got this recall election going and they ended up recalling him out of office and getting a uh, much more progressive person elected to the president, uh which is the uh, village president. Village president, yes. Clap. So it's good job by the citizens of Kalkaska. Um and it's uh yeah it's something that they talk about throughout the story is this really is like a good example of you know like a microcosm of what's happening in small towns all across america where even people who you know they 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 talked about some people in the town who voted for trump but even they like 
it seems were a little bit in denial about the reality of some of his supporters and they were like oh well how could these people you know i've known this guy my whole life how is he mm-hmm. posting things like this and then also the big the huge difference between how people were acting in public and mm-hmm. how they act when yeah. they're posting online because apparently always according to a lot of these people like this dude was really nice if you talk to him on the street and he even talks about um he was in the air force uh for a long time and had a lot of friends who were uh saudis in the military and uh when he was uh when he was stationed over there like saudi pilots um and he had some story about helping a gay couple who was camping in town fix their car and said that if it was a muslim family who would have done the same and things like that but then it's posting these like insane violent things about people online yeah this is also even just like the title of the piece is like this small town in trump country which is kind of how since 2016 everyone's been talking about everything like all of these districts that like went for trump all of these things and like kind of insinuating that like that's how everyone is there or like there's no way that anything could change and it's kind of nice to see that like the same thing that's been happening across the country is also happening like everywhere Mm -hmm. yeah and i agree that it matters to not let hate infiltrate even small towns in america we see a lot of the powerful movements against hate happening in big cities but knowing that you know small towns can really come together and protect their values and stick up for one another at the end of the day i think is a really good uh thing to look forward to yeah and i also think that like it's important because so much of the time we hear like you know well how has trump um and this kind of like radical ideology or like whatever how has trump really impacted your life or like what changes is trump really making like he's not really even a bad guy like he's just an outsider blah 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 but i think that what it comes down to is that we're seeing whether it's small towns or in big cities that like trump is emboldening racists period um and i saw this article that john said we're going to talk about and so i did a quick google and saw that um according to the southern poverty law center there has been a surge in the number of candidates running um, on an explicitly white nationalist platform. Um, And to be exact, ahead of the midterm elections, they identified eight um, white nationalists who are running across the country from Chicago to California. Um, And, you know, these people believe that denying the Holocaust, racial segregation, Islamophobia um, are winning messages. And the problem is, is that they're not wrong because a lot of people are putting out these views and these ideas and they are being accepted in some circles whether it's on reddit or whether it's like 4chan or whether it's like wherever it is it's becoming a huge problem and i think a big problem and part of the problem is that there are these places specifically on the internet that have been created where this type of ideology can really fester and um I think that as you were saying, like the only way that we're going to be able to really stomp it out is if people turn up to like these little rallies. And the only way we'll really be able to stomp it out um, is if we have people that show up to these rallies, whether it's like big ones or small ones, and like publicly ostracize these people and show them that like those type of views are not acceptable. But yeah, it's uh, so this is a great little story. But overall, yeah, I think it's like it's showing a, a really... Uh, troublesome to say the least trend yeah and this guy so it said that he's a fourth generation person from Kalkaska and we're talking about a town of 2,000 people so like everybody knew this guy before and after knew like all of his family members and people were still 
when he was and just the social media aspect when he started posting on there people were still shocked like and they were saying like i guess so they said he was no i don't know i don't know how much i believe in that they're shocked because he they said that he was notorious for tooling around uh town in his truck that he called his bully truck it was a 1977 chevy with huge uh oversized tires and had a decal on it that said neighborhood bully um and so he owned this hotel and a garage door business and he was known to be like really confrontational like kind of a dick and uh um then once he was in office he was also had a bunch of scandals happening that they said that he was giving like preferential deals for like land development to people connected to his uh ex-wife yeah he so there was a cleaning contract something with the city that was given to his ex-wife and people were questioning it as if it was like a you know a nepotism deal so mm-hmm. there was some things like that online already um but yeah there there was a lot of there was several people interviewed in this article who were trump supporters and they'd known this guy forever and they still were saying like we're just so surprised like we didn't know that people held hate like this in their hearts in our town and things like that um and a lot of the people said that like yeah, we got to get him out because, you know, our town, we don't like hate people like this, but yeah, I'd still like a Trump, like I still support Trump and blah, blah, blah. So it's yeah, a that's weird, super interesting. it's a weird dichotomy, I guess is the word, <laughs> the word I would use. A lot of the things like, I think that lead to stuff like that. Like we think of that as like, well, Trump is all of those things, right? How can you like support part of him and not support part of him? But mm-hmm. I guess if you are not thinking about like, if you're voting for him for like the economic reasons and everything else doesn't affect you, then it's like, sure, I'll support him. And I just like, don't hold his views. Yeah. It's like a, it's just like a chronic lack of empathy. I think in our society, like we've become so splintered in so many ways and people have literally lost the ability to relate to people who live very different lives or have very different identities than them. And like, it's really disheartening when you think about it like that, I think, because you really can't teach empathy to, like, a 50-year-old white man, you know? Like, these mm-hmm. are things that we teach as children or, like, teach to people when they're children. Um, like, you know, you can't teach somebody to believe that – I mean, you can, but it's hard to teach somebody to believe that, like, you should care about your neighbors. You should care if people have health care. You should care if people are able to go to school. Like, yeah. I don't know. So I think that we're seeing – like the Trump phenomenon and this hateful phenomenon that's coming out, which has always been there, um, is the symptom of a bigger problem. I'm also interested to know if after the last couple of years, maybe someone voted for Trump in 2016, not realizing how much it was going to embolden things like this, mm-hmm. like all of the hate that was already kind yeah. of lying dormant. Um, I wonder if people are starting to make those connections or not so much. I think we have to wait and see until November probably, but yeah, I mean, clearly this character was very inflammatory and not, you know, worried about hiding it in public. But I think with social media being a double-edged sword, it's also encouraging that while you can hide behind your posts, everything on Facebook and Twitter is very public facing and people can also use that as a record of your behavior and, another way to hold you accountable yeah um and something else uh well this is just something that i wanted to point out Uh, so this is a town that uh it said uh 
Trump won there with 70% of the, of the vote in this county. Um, but this, uh, this woman named Elizabeth Dunham, she's this uh, 27-year-old woman, um, is the one who started the, uh, the group that uh, was calling for his recall election. It was called Kalkaska for Peace. So it's really crazy that, you know, in this town that 70% voted for Trump, that's the sort of uh, demographic that you're dealing with. This young woman managed to amass enough people to start a recall election in a town where people probably, I mean, there's probably at least a decent percentage of that town that just don't, didn't care at all, like didn't come out of their houses for any of this when this was going on, but managed to get enough people together and politically motivated enough to uh, vote him out of office. And the, um, so he lost by a two to one margin to the challenger they put forward a guy named Harley Wales, who is a hospital uh, caregiver who is politically independent and also openly gay. Burn to the other guy. So (laughs) I don't know if we, like, set out this timeline, but, like, this first mayor, not mayor, village president was saying all these things. People came out. It was last June, so just under a year ago, for this protest. And then within that time, like, they've removed him from office and put someone else in, which is, like crazy to me that they acted that quickly yeah Yeah. and in a small town yeah you know good for them good for you guys small laid-back town i've been there um yeah and so since he's been recalled he's now become uh residents say a lot more of a recluse than he was but he still posts a lot of violent and ignorant things on facebook using a new profile with a slightly different name which that kind of i think goes along with what mariel was saying earlier about like you can't teach empathy or like you can, but like, this is what happens when someone doesn't like learn and they're just like double down. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when this became a bigger story, he was defending himself to journalists by saying like, no, I'm not actually racist. Blah, blah. You're taking what I'm saying out of context, gets recalled out and then goes right back to posting exactly how he was. Um, so yeah, I wish him nothing but the worst of luck (laughs) and, uh, on, uh, on a more fun note, let's get into a game. So, yeah, trivia uh, is not, well, hold just a moment. Uh, I think Haley is making her exit to go softball. So let's all. Bye, Haley. We're not going to let you leave quietly, okay? Yeah. I know. You'll hear my footsteps as I leave. But have fun with the game, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Please for <laughs> gracing us with your accent. Yes. <laughs> That's well, going to be our new sign-off for all our guests. <laughs> yeah. Well, she did great. And we were glad to have her on, hopefully having her on again soon. Um, so, yeah, the the game this week, uh, we're not doing traditional trivia this week <gasps> since it's the since it's the uh, 10th episode spectacular. Um, <laughs> came up with it, came up with a different game that we're going to play today that I think is going to be fun for everyone involved. I'm what intrigued. accent is that? Uh, spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> um, so the new game is called. <laughs> Michigan man versus Florida man. Uh, it's kind of a, a pretty a pretty popular online thing of like Florida man is this superhero. Oh, I follow the Twitter of, account. Yeah, there's Twitter accounts, and so basically there's so many crazy like police and crime type stories that come out of Florida, and it's always Everything like happens in Florida. Like the Florida, guy who ate the guy's face off. Yeah, or it's like Florida man, you know, wrestles alligator, and you know, crazy things like that. I know, I think I've heard that that's at least part. Partly because they have 
more lax rules about when reporters can like get police reports or something. It's like oh. it's like totally open or something like that. So they that's, can write about like the most sensational thing. Yeah, and and have access to a lot more sensitive information than they do in other states. So that's probably part of it. And then also probably you know if you've ever been to Florida, there's some there's some characters down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great you know it's a great state. I think everyone from Michigan that's like their vacation. At least growing up, you drive down to Florida. Mm-hmm. You know. Amy, you're looking at me like I'm wrong. No, I I was looking at Mariel, and then I realized you didn't grow up in Michigan, so then I looked back at John, and I nodded. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your recognition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so basically, I'm going to read the the title of an article um, that's either about someone from Michigan or Florida. I'm going to omit the the state name when I'm saying it, and then you have to guess uh, what state it's from. I have four total, and there's no... It's not necessarily two and two. It could be all Michigan. It could be all Florida. It could be one and three, blah, blah, blah. Are these recent? Um, they're all within the last month, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot out there, so it wasn't really that hard to find. Great. To, to find these stories. So, all right, let's, uh, article number one. Blank man lied about being shot with an arrow. Blank man lied about being shot with an arrow. Florida or Michigan? I'm going to guess Michigan. I'm going to also guess Michigan because I feel like people do archery here. So it's more in the realm of, yeah, hunting and archery. It's more Mm -hmm. in the realm. All right. The correct answer is Michigan. You got it. So the title of the article is Michigan Man Lied About Being Shot With an Arrow. So this happened in Paw Paw, Michigan. Yes, that's the real name of a city. Paw Paw. Uh, uh, State state police, (laughs) just a quick little breakdown. So state police say that Michael Downey actually fell on the arrow while in the woods (laughs) in Van Buren County in in, uh, March. Um, investigators say that he made up the story because he was embarrassed. So he I said would that somebody shot him with an arrow. I would absolutely make up the story. Apparently so, it was through his neck. Oh. And, he, and he held it and walked, and he's totally fine now, but apparently he's facing new criminal charges of, like, so wasting he had the police's to say, time. He had to say something because it was an emergency. That's why he yeah. had to, like, tell people. Well, I, don't, I almost think, though, like... That's such how, a childish I, thing to do. Well, if you, But if you went to the hospital, like... Would somebody believe you if you said... Just say it was an accident. Yeah, I feel like if I was a cop, maybe I'd just watch too many, like, murder things, but I'd be like, no, this guy, like, definitely got in some squabble and is, like, trying to, hmm. to avoid up. talking yeah, to the police yeah, yeah. about it. Maybe him maybe. and his fight were... Him and his brother were shooting arrows at each other or something. And That's what we do in Michigan. Into it. Yeah. How we handle disputes. Yeah. <laughs> just as easily could have been Florida, though. They do... That's a huge hunting state, actually. Yeah. yeah, the Montagues and the Capulets just shooting arrows it's at each ex- other. It's <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, article number two. Blank man arrested for auto theft with monkey clinging to his shirt. Mariel seems like she knows it. Now, that's a Florida story if I ever heard one about the Florida man. All right. <laughs> I'm also going Florida. <laughs> all right. Both of you are guessing Florida. The answer is Florida. You're right. So yeah, Florida man arrested for auto theft with monkey cleaning his shirt. This is a great story. Um, 
That was a great story because it's funny and nobody got hurt. Blah blah blah. It's already a um, great story. Yeah, it's so, like I don't know. I feel like people down in Miami. It's like they're just like walking around with monkeys. They're like going to the club. They're like, you <laughs> where know, are you going? Drinking in Miami? their vodkas. <laughs> Someone didn't grow up. I've really never did. been to Miami. You have a very so. unrealistic <laughs> expectations of what Florida is like. Um, but yeah, Miami, so, though. Yeah. So a Florida man was jailed for auto theft and could face additional charges because he didn't have the proper permit for a capuchin. I think. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Capuchin monkey that he had with him. Uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife officials were called in to take possession of the monkey, and it was taken to the Suncoast Primate, Primate Sanctuary. Uh, and the article also made a point to say, and I love this, the monkey's name was not released by authorities. <laughs> uh, why did he have a monkey? <laughs> I don't know, but they. I saw in the article that they, like, the guy tried to deny it or something or said it was just hanging on his car, but they had, there was pictures on his Facebook of the monkey, like chilling on his car before, <laughs> like posing on the hood of his car. Like I have so many more questions. Monkey. Yeah. That could only happen yeah. in Las Vegas or Florida. I mean, we could explore it all day, but we got, you know, we got more questions. Let's to explore go, so gotta, it all day. We got to keep going. <laughs> no. All right. All right. All right. Uh, question number three or article number three, blank man to armed robber. You're not getting my Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Blank man to armed robber. You're not getting my Louis Vuitton. I think part of it, why it's so funny, is that John just said, you're not taking my Louis Vuitton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What's your guess? Now, that is a Boca grandma, if I ever heard one. <laughs> so, Florida. All right. Florida. And that is incorrect. That oh! was actually in Michigan. Where? Uh, Michigan man John, to armed robber. You? You're not getting my Louis Vuitton. This was in Holland. Ho- Holland <laughs> oh, Township. that makes sense. Uh, Michigan man refused to give up his Louis Vuitton bag to a robber, despite the robber firing three shots, like shooting at his feet with a handgun. And he still didn't give up his Louis Vuitton. Wait, his that Louis Vuitton. That stuff is expensive. Yeah, he said his it was ba- like, I spent $1,700 on this. I'm not giving mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, so the attempted robbery happened around 5 p.m. last Monday in Holland. Uh, WODTV reports that the would-be robber pulled a gun on uh, Jared Kluding. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Demanding his bag and firing three warning shots. And uh, Kluding said, I got my bag. He can pry it out of my cold dead hands. (laughs) Hero, legend. What's not to say about this Michigan man? A thing that you don't say to a robber is, I paid $1,700 for this. You're not going to take it. I guess, yeah, he told him, like, yeah, so I guess he had been saving up for a long time, uh, working, I don't know what job, but uh, this is what he really wanted. And he finally bought it. And then... Not that long after some guy, oh, no. which like Holland is like, it's a pretty nice town. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of armed robberies there. So someone pulled a gun and tried to steal the bag from him. On the, and this is at 5 p.m. too. This is like, it's like broad daylight out here at 5 p.m. right now. Well, I'm sure that same thing has been done by a Boca grandma. Can't you see it? You can see it. It sounded like a Boca grandma. I, I, I understand what you're <laughs> Maybe saying. Maybe it was a Boca right. grandma that came to Holland. Yeah. In order to true yeah. summers in Michigan instead of summering in Florida, I get it. I get yeah. it. That's what All Kid right. Rock said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last article: Blank man arrested for dumping red paint into Turtle Burrow. Blank man arrested for dumping red paint into Turtle Burrow. What do we think? This is a toughie, you know. They're both. Uh, we we just we both got turtles. They're both so. peninsulas. 
Mm-hmm. There's definitely water. There's definitely turtles. I'm going to say Michigan. I'm going to say Florida. All right. Mario's right. Uh, it's Florida. <laughs> so a, an Apopka, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too, Apopka man was arrested in Florida uh, after wildlife officials say he dumped leftover red paint into a burrow, dousing a rare gopher tortoise living inside. Oh. Apparently it was like a paint spray shop and he was supposed to dispose of the right way, but he was in a rush. He dumped it in like a hole behind the shop. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the tortoise who was later named Raphael was. So they wait, did name was, the tortoise, but they yeah, wouldn't was, name the monkey. Was found by a witness in the uh, in Lake County, and it was covered in red paint from head to toe. Um, and so Escalera, who's the guy who did it, I don't know if I I don't think I copied and pasted his full name, but so he was charged with litterous, littering hazardous waste and unlawful possession of a gopher tortoise, which is a protected species in the state of Florida. Um, Raphael was taken to Swamp Girl Adventures, which is a nonprofit that helps rescue animals. The tortoise was scrubbed with a toothbrush, and as of this week, um, is totally healthy, and most of the paint's been removed. Good Yay. for him. Yay, Raphael. Yeah, and a special, uh, you know, uh, what do we say, notice from the Florida game and wildlife is that uh please don't paint tortoises uh mm. aside from it being illegal uh painting tortoises can inhibit their ability to absorb vitamins from the sun's uv rays through their shells and has the potential to cause respiratory problems and can lead to harmful chemicals being absorbed in their bloodstream so don't Sad. paint turtles i just want to say so that we don't have to revisit this later gopher tortoises are beautiful creatures hmm. we should protect them yeah mm-hmm. and keep them keep keep tortoises green keep tortoises <laughs> they don't green need to again. be red <laughs> All right. Do we like this game? Is this? I like. I do. It. I do like. I this think game. that this should maybe be a recurring segment because if you found all this stuff in a month, imagine yeah. what's going to be available. Well, in I a just month. it's yeah because it was getting tougher to come up with trivia questions because I'd been through all of like the first like mm-hmm. seven pages of Google results on Michigan trivia, especially yeah. when there's like a few of us doing trivia, so we all have seen the same facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the Michigan versus Florida man. I think that we need to keep this going. All right. We'll keep it going. Keep uh, going. Let's get in uh, real quick to a Midwest, uh, Midwestern current event. Uh, so big story coming out of Michigan within the last week. Uh, the title of the article that's on MLive you can read now is uh, Medicaid Work Requirements Heading to Snyder for Signature. So the House had come up with a bill that was going to require uh, Medicaid recipients to work a certain amount of hours a week. There was a, obviously a huge amount of opposition to it from the Democrat side and even some Republicans. And then it got through them and the Senate got through revision process. And so now um, it's about to head to Governor Rick Snyder's uh, office for signature. I don't know if he's made a statement about it or not. I know he it's it's funny because, you know, he's a Republican governor and they all across the country have been more opposed to Medicaid expansions, things like that. But uh, Rick Snyder was actually one of the early adopters of signing on for Medicaid expansion in the state of Michigan. Um, one of the few, you know, good things that he's done. And so I'm interested to see what he does. Obviously, this is a, well, obvious to us in this room, this is a pretty uh, bad idea. Right. I mean, basically, you guys can disagree if you want, but people shouldn't in my opinion, have to work a certain number of hours per week to qualify for health care. And also, um, I'm pretty sure it's like upwards of 30 or 40 percent are already working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's just like this is 
a strategy that we're seeing across the board. We're all, we also saw it in Congress with um, trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act, where it's like, well, if I can't totally overhaul this thing, then I'm just going to make the program so bad and add so much red tape mm-hmm. and add so mm-hmm. many obstacles that the program just is set up to fail. They're chipping and, away at it until people right. until it's not popular anymore. Right. And it's like of course you can't expect programs where you are putting in all of these bureaucratic hurdles and like expecting people to like if they miss one letter um and because they happen to move or they happen to like not be home or something happens and they're totally kicked off of their health care and their kids are kicked off of their health care like it doesn't make any sense um and but also like at the same time the michigan legislature like baffles me because we also just um overturned prevailing wage which made sure that like um construction workers who are working government contracts could get paid like a fair living wage so it's just like we are cutting wages when we have a labor shortage and we are saying that those people who now will probably qualify for these government health care programs, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just it's just a real slippery slope. Yeah. I digress. Um, just some quick facts about the bill. So uh, the bill changed significantly throughout the legislative process. As introduced, it would have required Medicaid recipients to work 30 hours per week. The final version requires an average of 20 hours per week. Um, the chamber voted 25 to 11 to concur um, with the the House's last revisions, I think. Um, and so all Democrats uh, opposed it, and then two Republicans actually opposed it. Those were Senator Margaret O'Brien, a Republican from Portage, and Senator Tory Roca, a Republican from Sterling Heights. Um, so this bill is going to affect Michigan's 670,000 uh, healthy Michigan plan recipients who are covered under the Medicaid expansion that happened. Um, it requires able-bodied recipients to work, but um, will provide exemptions for people, including pregnant mothers, people with disabilities, caretakers of disabled dependents, caretakers of children under six, and individuals who have a medical condition that results in a work limitation. Um, and then, so now that the the House and Senate have approved it. The bill is heading to Rick Snyder's desk, and if he signs it, it's going to go into effect January 1st, 2020. Yeah, and the other part of this problem with this bill is that so it bumps up the amount of hours that people need to be working, so like 30 hours a week to qualify for health care, but then there's also this huge problem of this huge group of people that slip through the crap cracks who might be qualifying for food assistance through the state or might be qualifying for other sorts of assistance that will now maybe be maxed out like they might now be making a little bit too much money Mm -hmm. if they um if they start working 30 hours a week but that amount of money like isn't enough to make up for all of the benefits that they lost so it's like they're trying to say like people need to stop being dependent on the state but really what they're doing is trying to like literally just kick people to the curb and say like sorry not our problem which again you can't teach empathy right well and the other thing that I'm thinking about with this is we've already talked about sort of the lack of good infrastructure here in Michigan and our poor public transportation and just like especially I was going to say especially in our bigger cities but really everywhere because we don't really have good public transportation like most places here it's hard for people to get and keep a steady job for to be able to like prove it week after week and month after month yeah like but what about like talk about Detroit a little bit yeah I mean 
just like if you think about the amount of things you have to do to get a job, you have to go in, you have to have like the skills, first of all, you have to have the opportunity and know where to go. Um, if you have kids, like you have to have someone else watch them. And that's all even before you leave the house. And then you, you know, have to find a, play, a way to get to a place um, for an interview. And even if you can get that, you have to like prove to your employer or your potential employer that you'll be able to get there day in and day out. And a lot of people's lives are just too messy for that, right? So there's a lot of barriers, like just adding on barriers to people getting jobs, mm -hmm. being able to work consistent hours, and then also not having health care on top of that. Yeah, like for a lot of people, like I know um, some family members, it was uh, less costly for them to stay at home with their kids rather than to go to work because they couldn't afford the like $1,000 a week or every two weeks mm -hmm. um, that it costs to put their kids in childcare. Like this system like these people like in the legislature republicans treat it as such like a black and white issue it's like you need to be working period you're lazy stop leeching off of the state but the problem is that, that there are so many barriers set up by a failed system on like so many levels that it's just not that simple and it's really like dangerous toxic rhetoric that is just so it's so ignorant right and people don't realize that the assistance that people could be getting would help them to achieve the things that like the government wants them to achieve yeah so making it a barrier to entry doesn't really make any sense because like if you have to you know like getting food on the table getting health care like maybe that's something that someone needs to be able to go work regular hours and get a job and not have to worry about those things yeah if you can't afford your medicine and you can't take your medicine then that might inhibit you from working mm -hmm. so it's just like a and and i know that they say they give exceptions but like it's just i don't know i i just see this as another way of them setting up a system to fail because that's their end goal so right. yeah. yeah it's the same kind of rhetoric they've been pushing about the welfare system forever you mm -hmm. know welfare queens and things like that even though the vast majority of people who do receive welfare food stamps things like that are working um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also a rising, I think there's more college students on food stamps um, than like we've seen in a lot of past years. And it's because, um, you know, some a lot of us are lucky enough to have our parents help us with college loans, but a lot of people aren't. So they have to work. And then, um, you know, sometimes that's not mm -hmm. enough. So yeah, I think when my brother was in first in college, like any college student could still get like a like a food assistance car. I don't. I can't think of the name. Yeah, of Yeah, I mm -hmm. think a lot of schools are putting more resources out to say like you qualify for these things. Yeah, but I, I think it used to be like everybody in Michigan because I know he had one and like he had friends who had like that. You know, he wasn't eating lobster and stuff like that. But it, it's with the right. high cost of college already, it was one less thing that you'd have to think about. Yeah, and, and also eat the lobster. <laughs> eat the lobster. Yeah. I'm just saying, like. There's uh, that East Coast elitism. Eat the, eat the lobster. Well, lobster's, lobster's cheap over there. Hey, we need it. Eat the lobster. Yeah. It's falling out of the skies over there. Um, with the monkeys and the turtles. With the monkeys and the turtles. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, so this isn't good, but we will keep weird Democrats. We will keep, <laughs> we will keep fighting. The march towards progress sucks, but it, you know, 
I just want you to keep going. Keep going, John. Keep going. (laughs) Marching, fight, win. We're going to take him in the beaches. (laughs) We're going to take him in the skies. Um, Bow blue. All right. Let's uh, let's get to our last segment. Um, (laughs) Oh, I already used that music. I want to use new music. All right. That's good. Um, So normally we do a... uh, silver lining story but today so there's a story that i saw uh just come up that i literally couldn't pass up i didn't know where else to fit it in but i know we had to talk about it because it's such a great story so Tell and it's and it's super local it's right here in lansing Ooh. the title of the article from the lansing state journal is five lansing women plead guilty in connection with gambling operation out of vacant store so basically what happened is there was an investigation into this um, storefront uh, in our own hometown of Lansing that I looked like a like a thrifty kind of store. It was like a ten dollar and under store, um, and it ended up that there was uh, this group of women who was running who were running like a fairly large illegal gambling operation. Feminism. Out of it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> this is so, the future liberals. Well, <laughs> yeah. So we needed to talk about this because this is lit- I mean, and it's really topical too because this is the closest we're ever going to get to our own Ocean's Eight happening in our own hometown that movie's blowing up right now that's our next podcast i hope it was rihanna in the store (laughs) i'm just really glad that we finally have our own all-female crime syndicate that's the story of a true but uh if you guys are wondering where uh where lauren is today is that why she's not here yeah she's waiting bail for her uh gambling (laughs) sorry lauren Um, it's not true she's not here because she's better than us just kidding so a couple more (laughs) facts so the michigan attorney general's office filed charges against the women in october um, following a bust at a seemingly vacant store on the Logan Square Shopping Center at South Martin Luther King Boulevard. The store had a sign advertising Max $10 Family Fashions, but actually housed an illegal casino, investigators said. Uh, the ringleader uh, was a woman named Lee Dang, um, and she ple- pleaded guilty to the most serious charge of conducting a gambling operation, a felony which could result in up to 10 years in prison and carries a maximum of $100,000 fine. Wow. The Attorney's General's Office investigators searched it in July and found out about uh, 60 gambling machines, which is a lot. Uh, I thought it was like poker games. I didn't realize it was There's a whole casino in there. Hardcore slots. Yeah, so it it seems like this this whole raid and everything actually happened last summer, but it's now like the the case is finally coming into into the courtroom. Um, And so there were 60 gambling machines, and they seized about seven stations, also used for a multiplayer arcade game called The Fish Game. I don't know what that is, Sounds but apparently fun. that's a gambling thing, too. They res- uh, so investigators said they were responding to anonymous tips about slot machines in the Logan Square building. Um, and in response uh, to all this going on, the Lansing City Council has introduced an ordinance which would make gambling illegal at a local level. Right now, they've just been following the state uh, laws of it, but they want to have their own doctrine in place to help um, regulate it even more, especially because they're going to have some exemptions for things like uh, nonprofit organizations who want to use like bingo to do fundraisers and things like that. Um, so yeah, they started drafting the ordinance in response to, I guess this was long-term complaints about gambling at Logan square. This has been going for a long time, but I really, yeah, I seriously hope that this is like as cool as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I Sounds feel like, like it's it probably not. <laughs> I'm super excited. 
I um, just, yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, how it was set up. Like, was it just in this, like, concrete room in the back with all these machines? Or was it, it like, like it was decorated whole... nicely, like, red velvet oh, everywhere? Do you guys, do you guys know that, that uh, when in Black Panther, when they go to South Korea, and there's this, like, lady selling, like, fish outside, and then like the one character knows her and you go inside and it's just like gorgeous elegant casino <laughs> that's like, what i'm hoping the weekend is playing like <laughs> yeah, <it's> everyone's <laughs> dressed to the nines <laughs> yeah inside is like uh you know like a, a james box they're playing baccarat yeah. <laughs> like we're laughing but like we just missed out on like the opportunity of a lifetime you guys yeah, this, we this are we wanted that, to be involved in this this whole thing went down not that far from our office wow yeah well, you know what they say, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, and I feel, you know, because they, they said that the attorneys were really pushing the um, the narrative that, you know, they were they were just trying to find their place in the economy of, of the area, basically, as some people working there who didn't have a lot of economic opportunity, and this was there. And I want to know um, how long this was going on, because if they had, what, like, 60 gambling machines that's a, a lot that's a high well, expense to start them? right that that, is. you got to build up to that yeah and just I, to move them in and out like i hope I, it was like decades it was way too much to be like you know in a huddled back room like it must have been this whole storefront mm-hmm. was just like you know blacked out windows but then in the inside like all just gambling machines yeah how and there must have been and it's also like it's shitty too because they're going to be going to jail possibly for a long time but like how many like degenerate dudes were like you know hanging out there for years probably like Mm -hmm. gambling and being weirdos or whatever and they're not gonna face any consequences for participating it in it um yeah and we have gambling in some areas of michigan we have casinos in detroit we have native american casinos about like the law against gambling at a local level which i guess kind of makes sense because we don't have anything well there's so there's so many rules about gambling and like betting like sports betting i believe that it's going to be decriminalized the supreme court just um i think even beyond decriminalized i think it's It's like it's fully legal. legal yeah and and it's surprising in states like michigan and like other places where it's kind of like the philosophy of life is just like live and let live but we have like all of these regulations on gambling, mm-hmm. which seems like it's like consenting adults who are like knowingly putting forward money. I know it's way more complicated than that, but it's just like the fact that we're hardcore sending people to jail for like so many years is like, yeah. I don't know if that seems mm-hmm. like a good use of our resources. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I understand like defining cause it's like, you know, if it's clearly they weren't like, you know, paying their taxes or anything like that. So, right. Uh, that's one thing but like you know what's what good is it going to serve sending her to prison for 10 years yeah she's just gonna run like an even cooler (laughs) like orange is the new black style operation out of out of prison yeah i wish uh i wish the best of luck to all of them yeah and uh (laughs) from the bottom of my heart at the very least, it's a cool headline. We just revealed a lot about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we? I don't know. I think, yeah. Should we start writing a screenplay? Should we release we this should. podcast episode? Where are we going to look? We should know? do another full podcast that's just like we write, direct, and voice act in <laughs> as these five women. Yeah. Main takeaways from this podcast. Gambling is cool. Uh, that guy from Kalkaska is a dick. Um, yeah. Don't paint turtles. Don't, don't paint, paint turtles. Don't paint turtles. Stop it. Are you <laughs> a Michigan much, man or a Florida man? As much as you want to. Tweet. Don't 
paint the Tweet toast. Us. All right. Uh, good. Yeah. Good tenth anniversary. Anniversary. Tenth episode. Again, spectacular. Um, pretty non-traditional episode. We had a special guest on for a little bit. I'd say so. New, new game. We didn't, you know, not a traditional uh, silver linings, mm-hmm. but it was good. It all came together. Quirky AF. <laughs> That's not how I'd say it. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and a lot of noise. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to try to edit this as best as I if can. If you guys thought you heard so much weird, noise coming from weird laughter that you thought was us doing a laugh track, it was not. No, there was someone upstairs howling. <laughs> yeah, they also like to play like, like indoor touch football up there. So like, yeah, there's yeah, bouncing, there's activity. They're bouncing off the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great episode. Uh, great people. Great times. Great day. Um, wanna. Want to promote us? Right? Yeah. If you're not subscribed, what the heck are you doing? Say the that heck? every time. You're running out of time. You're running out of excuses. Mariel got her uh, Midwestern impression from SNL. The heck? <laughs> um, so if you are on Twitter, you can follow us at Midwest Nice Cast. On Instagram, we are also Midwest Nice Podcast. You can subscribe and rate and listen to and stream our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or basically anywhere you find your podcasts. And I'll leave it to John to say our uh, really long website. Midwest-nice.pinecast.co. And I'm, I'm going to stop promising that I'm hooking up regular domains. Yeah, you're it. not. Because I don't think, it, I don't <laughs> it's, think it's never really going gonna to happen. It's really not really going to matter. People listen to them on their apps and stuff anyways. Yeah, so, so no. You can the find kids with their apps. You can deal the with crazy it. Kids with their apps. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, subscribe to us. If you don't, then... I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. I really do. And uh, good episode, and we'll, we'll see you all next week. So yeah, bye guys. Mm-hmm.